Hello, Texans, and welcome to the podcast. Great to have you along. Now, we're going to have Enrique Vasquez on the show. But before we get to that, how about that draft? If you want to hear more about the draft, there's Texans All Access episodes galore right here on this app. So you can check out All Access on the draft. This is going to be a little bit different tonight. We're going to talk to Enrique about the Houston Texans, but about his career broadcasting the Texans in Espanol. Now, before you wonder, well, am I really that interested? Yes, you are. He's been around for a long time. He used to do Cowboys games. He's done a couple of Super Bowls back in the 90s, and we're lucky to have him in Houston. He's been on the Texans' mic from the get-go. So, yeah, I can say I've done every game in franchise history. He has two. He did color in the early years, first decade of franchise history with Rolando Becerra and La Tremenda doing the broadcast. Then Enrique took over play-by-play. Now, I didn't tell him this. I haven't told him this yet. I don't think I've ever told him this. Wow. I wondered when Enrique was taking over play-by-play, I thought, well, he's definitely going to do it. I mean, there's no question he's going to get the job. He's done play-by-play before, even though he was doing color for the Texans in the early years. He had done play-by-play on other occasions. But I was wondering, how good is he? Because I can't tell, full disclosure. I know a few words in Spanish. Hey, three years in high school. But how can I really tell how good he is? And I just wanted to know. I wanted to know, just for my knowledge base, how good Enrique Vasquez is at play-by-play in Espanol or in any language. So what I did was I sent a recording of his work to my friends in Miami. I used to do Hurricanes games, and we had a Spanish-language broadcast crew there. And These guys were good friends of mine, and I thought, well, gee, what better third party to judge than those dudes? So I sent the recording down to them, and they said, yeah, this guy's real good. This guy's real good. So, look, I, it wasn't going to change his job status, but I wanted to know. And Enrique is just a treasure to have on Texans and Espanol. Also does a podcast called En La Jugada. He does Dynamo stuff. He does a lot of different things. So let's visit with him. Enrique Vasquez, La Voz, the voice of the Texans in Spanish. Okay, Enrique. Well, let's start from the beginning here because you and I have been doing this thing for a long time. You're 20 years in. You know, I say that I've called every play in the history of the franchise, but you basically have two, although you started out on color commentary. How did that go in the early going of the Houston Texans and Espanol? Oh, in Espanol, Mark, it was a lot of fun uh, kicking this off back in 2002 with uh, Rolando Becerra, who was my partner back back in the day. And uh, it's funny you mentioned that because at, at the time I was coming off a couple of seasons doing the Cowboys broadcast. Uh, sorry, I had to bring them up. But uh <laughs> But, but originally, Rolando was like, yeah, you know, come, come back and work to work with me. We had done the Oilers back in the day in the 90s, and uh, I'm going to do this for, for a couple of years, and then I'm, I'm going to retire, which is one of the reasons that, you know, I decided to leave the Cowboys broadcast because at the time, I mean, we were on with the Cowboys in Mexico City, Los Angeles, and in Houston when there was no NFL. So that was a pretty pretty legit uh, broadcast network that we, I was a part of. But, the, the you know, the opportunity to come back to Houston and, and work as a play-by-play guy. Of course, Rolando ended up working a decade <laughs> as a play-by-play guy. But uh, eventually, yeah, you know, he, he did retire and I got my opportunity. And, and now calling the games, you know, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and, and, yeah, you, you know, this, you know, hopefully uh, here things will pick up uh, this season after the draft that we just had but uh, no it's been a lot of fun calling the games uh, obviously we hoped that uh, by this point we would have gone uh, a little better results championship wise but uh, it's been a lot of fun 
All right. What what about the Cowboys experience? Tell me about that. Was it fluid? Was there a break? How many years did you do that for? Discuss the Cowboys for us. Yeah, the Cowboys. That was back in 2000 and 2001, which were the Dave Campbell years, which probably Cowboy fans would like to forget about as well. Uh, you know, that was at the, the during the Cowboy QB carousel, where after Troy Eggman had retired, the, the team the team was not very good, to, to be honest. And uh, and then a couple of years before that, I had worked uh, doing preseason games. Uh, you know, because they also had Spanish TV on, on for the Cowboys on Cadena de Plata, which was the name of their network network. So that's how I got on board with them but then 2000 2001 i called their games but even going back before that i had a couple of seasons with uh, fox sports americas at the time and i was doing a tv broadcast for latin america so so this is mexico central south america and we had the game of the week and then that's where i got a chance to call a couple of super bowls with raul alegre who was the former uh, new york giants uh, kicker and um that was a lot of fun getting to call uh, Brett Favre's uh, Super Bowl win in New Orleans. And then the year after that, the rematch, well, the, the matchup between him and uh, John Elway, which uh, John Elway won with the Broncos out in San Diego, Super Bowl 32. So that, that was my sort of high point in my career, getting a chance to call a couple of Super Bowls. That, that was a lot of fun. And that was on the TV side. And that, that of course, was coming off of uh, four seasons working the Houston Oilers broadcast back in the day when they were still in town. Did you call that Oilers Cowboys preseason game at Estadio Azteca? Yes, I did. That, yes, I did. The the slop game that that was the, the mud the mud game that there at Estadio Azteca. Uh, of course, uh, the very low scoring game. Yeah, but that was a lot of fun. That was my first chance going back going to Mexico to to, to call a game. You know, packed stadium over hundred hundred thousand fans. Uh, the, you know, especially with that, with that matchup, the game obviously didn't ended up not being a very attractive game. But uh, just the experience experience of going back to Mexico and calling the game that that was awesome. Well, how did you break into the business, Enrique? Back at uh, back in the day, early '90s, I was at uh, Sam Houston State, the radio and TV major, and I had a chance to meet the producer for the Houston Oilers Spanish broadcast. Uh, of course, at the time, the the signal was on ten, uh, on an AM signal, which you know didn't reach Huntsville, which is where I grew up and where I was going to school. But anyway, I got a chance to meet the, the producer uh, back. I guess this was in the the spring of two, of '92, uh, but uh, and then in the fall. You know, I, I continued going to school. I was, I was calling uh, Bearcat games on, on radio in English. So, you know, I had a chance to do some baseball, some basketball, so, some Bearcat football games. But I got a call the week of uh, Thanksgiving in 1992 season uh, on a Monday night. And for whatever reason, Jack Pardee and the Oilers decided to fly out a day early to a Thanksgiving game. They were playing the Lions. Uh, and so he said, hey, the producer called me and said, hey, can you get on the plane tomorrow, Tuesday for the Thursday game? Uh, the color commentator who was a sports anchor at Telemundo, and that was the middle of sweeps week. He would have had to have missed Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday's uh, sportscast. So the station didn't let him go. So he, that's why the producer called me and said, can you get on the plane and go tomorrow? And of course, I grew up an Oilers fan. So I hopped on the plane. Uh, he liked what I did, the, the way that the broadcast turned out. And I remained on the broadcast for the remainder of the season. So that, that was my break uh, in, into the business. And, and I mean, that, that the first NFL game or the first, first football game that I had heard in Spanish was the one that I called that day. I had never had it grown up here in the States. I never had a chance to listen to a football broadcast in Spanish. So that, that was, that was different for me, uh, you know, get, getting used to the terminology that they were used to on the Spanish side. But uh, yeah, that, that, that's how it happened. One of those being, being in the right place at the right time. 
So did you grow up in a Spanish speaking household exclusively? Obviously, you learned English at a young age, but which did you learn first and how did that all go? Because that's interesting to me that you had to learn the Spanish terminology because you grew <laughs> up uh, with English as a first football language, if nothing else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I grew I, grew, I was born in Mexico City, uh, grew up here in the States, uh, north of uh, Houston since the age age of eight. But yeah, at home, that's all we spoke was Spanish. And, and, and you know, back then, of course, maybe by 1986 or so, when we were able to get a satellite for the house, then we were able to finally watch some some Spanish TV out of Mexico. That was mainly soccer. You know, the, the World Cup in 86 was in Mexico. So we got to watch that. But uh, the, really, NFL games weren't broadcast in Spanish into the U.S. There, there was just no where to watch that and being that i was outside of the range of the station there with the oilers that was broadcasting the games uh, i'd never heard uh, an nfl broadcast or a football broadcast in spanish so but that that's that's how it was for me and and uh, but, but it was a lot of fun you know just working with the play-by-play guy that was there at the time you know just working through those details okay this is what you call it so really that's my style now and everybody is always asking me is like how do you how do you how do you call a touchdown well i mean i call a touchdown like i heard a touchdown being called as I was growing up, you know, listening to Dick Enberg and all those great voices of the NFL that, that I listened to, that you listen to. And so, so that's my style now, more of an American with that little Spanish flair, I guess I like to say. But uh, yeah, that, that, that's just how, how, how it turned out to be. Now, what are you doing for the Dynamo? Tell us about that. Yeah, for the Dynamo, we have a production company here in town, and uh, we produce their Spanish TV broadcast uh, here over the last uh, three seasons. We've been able to do that. There, I'm more of a on, on the producer side, mainly because by the middle of, to the end of the season, I'm no longer available because of you know the Texans and uh, the Oklahoma Sooners. I'm gone on the weekend, so just to to keep it steady on the broadcast, uh, you know, we have a couple of guys that, that rotate in uh, to call the game. But that that's been a lot of fun to develop. That, of course, COVID uh, took a bite out of the plans that we had by now the plan was to do the full season broadcast home and road games but uh because you know the economic hit that everybody took uh but as we move forward that that's the plan with the dynamo to grow their spanish tv broadcast and of course you know that that's a different different production different world but uh, still a lot of fun well mls has been around for a long time but what do you think the key is of long-term mls success i know they built the stadiums in most markets if not all which is phenomenal. I mean, when this thing started, I thought, is that really going to happen? And it's happened. So a lot of these places have excellent, a lot of these teams have excellent places to play. What is your thought though, on the future and growing it from here? No, you know, I, I think uh, soccer is growing. Like you said, uh, there's there's money behind it now. That there's there's a new TV contract that should be announced here within the next month or two, uh, where you know, obviously, TV is the is what drives sports here in the U.S. And and of course, now with the Houston Dynamo awaiting the arrival of Hector Herrera, who's a Mexico national team captain. Uh, I, I don't know that the Dynamo have ever had in their existence here in Houston a, a player of that impact of that significance and of course a, a player uh, that, that will come from Mexico that that's going to be an automatic draw that's what the team hopes and he, 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 he can still play he's coming from Spain now he's playing out there but uh, but no yeah the, the Houston Dynamo have, have had successes you know as soon as they got into town they started winning championships MLS championships so that that certainly helped so uh, but, but I think uh, as you mentioned you know that the, the fact that there's money behind these teams now they have their own stadiums they can control those revenue sources and that that's been key. Uh, 
there are still a couple of franchises playing in NFL stadiums, but, but those are few now nowadays. So, so the Houston in, in that sense is, a, is ahead of the game and that they've been now at the PNC stadium for, for quite some time. So that, that certainly helped them. Enrique Gustavo Rangel, your partner, what's it like working with him? What's his background? What's the chemistry like? No, you know, he's a lot of fun to work with. Uh, Gustavo's been around. Actually, he was our sideline reporter back in the day, back when the, the broadcast started back in 2002. He, he's a guy that's been here in Houston. Uh, he's, he writes, he works for the newspaper. He's worked, he's done TV before. He's worked for the Dynamo, calling some of their games. Uh, he, he's a guy that's really, really sharp, a lot of fun. He brings that flair to the, to the broadcast. And, and he's a good guy to work with. That, that's the thing that, that, that I like about Gustavo is that, you know, he's always ready to go. He's got that flair and uh, – and, and, and like I said, I think we do we, we do a good job, uh, you know, c- covering the games and making them entertaining. Because I, I think that's also the balance that we have to find in that. And you know, for, for us, it, it's it, obviously that there's some football may be new to some of the people that are tuning into the broadcast on the Spanish side. So so we want to keep them interested in that way, but also make the broadcast informative to the guys that, or to the people that are, are football fans that have followed football for, for uh, you know, for, for a long time. So we, we need to, we, we try to strike that balance of being entertaining, introducing the, the game of football to new fans to the game, but also be, being, uh, you know, something that uh, football knowledgeable people still want to tune in and, and enjoy the broadcast with us. What do you think it's going to take to get football bigger in Mexico? The Texans are one of a few teams that has this home market area, the sort of secondary area to market to, and that would be the Mexican market, whether it be Monterey, Mexico City, and beyond. What does it take to take the next steps there? Obviously, the Texans played there in 2016. You have another game this year, another Monday night football game. What do you think of the future of NFL football south of the border? Well, you know, I, I think that now teams can actually go into the market and, and do things. Uh, you know, b- back in the day, w- working with Raul Alegre after we did the Super Bowls, I had a chance to work with him with a couple of years, uh, you know, doing clinics down in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, you know, w- working with leagues who have been around for 20, 25 years, uh, youth leagues. Uh, so I, I know the fans are have always been there, have been there for a long time. But now that actually NFL teams can come in and step in, you know, events like we had Roy this past weekend going down there and, and just being really being a part of the, of the fan experience with the people there. Uh, I think that's, what's going to help and then just push it over to the top. You know, you know, e- either way, we know that the fans are there and if there's a preseason game or a regular season games, the stadiums are going to be packed, whether that's, whether, whether it's Azteca or in Monterrey or Guadalajara. So, so I, I don't, I don't know that that's ever been the issue. I think now is just going to make it special in that the teams can actually be there and, and the, and the fans can really be a part of the NFL experience. Enrique, what do you think of this Texans team heading into 2022 following the draft Davis Mills? They've got a lot of draft capital in the future, but just the season coming up as it is with this tough schedule that awaits us. Yeah, you know what? I'm excited about what uh, Nick Casario and his crew was able to do this past weekend, uh, Mark. You know, when, when you look at it and you, 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 come to realize that of all of the nine guys, maybe six are going to be able to either be starters or be significant contributors and, and, and the quality of football that they've played and, and what you expect that they can, they can achieve. And now also with working with Levy Smith and Pep on the offensive side, I'm excited about what they've put together. And then, like you mentioned, with the fact that in the next couple of seasons, you're looking at four number one picks. And, and if there is a, a need to get a specific guy, that's going to be a, a difference maker, a game changer, maybe you can, 
didn't make the moves to, to, to go get him. Uh, and, and of course, now we know that Nick is, is you know, is not shy about making a move if, if, if the opportunity arises. So that, that's, that's what excites me. And is that now I think we see a clear picture of, of where the team is headed and where his mind is of what team he wants to put together. I'm, I'm excited about the 2022 season. I'm not going to tell you right now that the team is going to win a division or go to the playoffs, but I, I know that we, we can be competitive and more competitive. And, and then also Mark, one of the things that we mentioned uh, as we wrapped up our, our broadcast on Thursday back at the Miller Outdoor Theater is that just as important as the, the amount of talent that the Texans got this weekend, I think it was just as important that the fans were able to reconnect with it, with the team. And, and you know, uh, Lovey Smith made, made it a point to, to, to bring that up when, uh, in his press conference that, that that's the first time in a couple of years, maybe that fans have been able to be part of the team and a team event where yeah. you hear the chant Houston Texans and, and there's that connection again. And, and it's a, uh, and it's a real connection. It's not just, you know, fans cheering because I felt it. And I'm sure you did as well with the fans there at the event. And I think that 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 first opportunity to get back on the same page was just as important. Excellent. Great stuff, Enrique. We really appreciate the visit. Look forward to the season. You bet. We'll talk to you soon. Enrique Vasquez, La Voz, the voice of the Texans and Espanol. Great to visit with him. Well, it's been great to catch up with you. Go check out all the Texans All Access podcasts, the DP Sidhu podcast, because I think she's got all the draft choices on there as well. And, of course, In the Lab with Drew Doherty and John Harris. Always stay with us on the Texans app or HoustonTexans.com. Have a great day, and go Texans!